Welcome back to another edition of Billy West Live. Uh, again, it's my great pleasure to welcome back Dr. Greg Granger from Northwestern State University, a frequent guest on the show. Greg, there's so many issues that we need to talk about, but obviously the Ukrainian issue is at the forefront. Tell our listeners why what is happening in Ukraine with the Russian forces uh, amassing on their border. Why is that important to people in Natchitoches, Northwest Louisiana, and the United States? Well, good morning, Billy. Thank you for having me on again. And uh, this is probably the most pressing or immediate issue in the world today. Uh, Like you said, there's plenty going on with China and the Middle East always and things like that. But, uh, well, this is the most immediate crisis because we are looking at a large contingent of of armed forces now pretty much surrounding the country of Ukraine. Uh, We all know that Russia already occupies a couple of provinces within Ukraine in the southeast corner. And... uh, you know, you talked about going into some of the history of it. Wow, we don't. There's no way we have time for that because this goes back a very long ways. But what I think people need to understand is that Vladimir Putin and his buddies and a lot of Russians, to be honest, have always seen Ukraine as part of themselves and not as a separate entity. They they deny there's a Ukrainian ethnicity or nationalism, uh, nationalism. And, of course, the Ukrainians, uh, who do not speak Russian, some of them do, but the ones that don't, uh, disagree. They have their own identity and their uh, own Eastern Orthodox Church and their own language uh, and their own history. So we have two fundamental different views of um, the geopolitical nature of the system. Now, there are other more immediate purposes for some of this. Uh, Vladimir Putin has always had his eye both on Ukraine and Belarus. Uh, he always said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was a disaster and that he wants to try to put it back together. And this is really the only chance he has. Uh, but it's a risk. It's a huge risk. And um, to go directly to your question, why should we care? Well, uh, this isn't just a counterterrorism operation. This is a pretty, we're looking at a, you know, biggest possible war since the Gulf War, a big land war in Europe since World War II. Um, Not necessarily that that's going to happen, but we are looking at uh, the United States at minimum shoring up our alliances, sending troops and resources to the region, not necessarily getting in a land battle or a battle with Russia, but that is a possibility. Uh, and it's a possibility for two reasons. Number one, we may decide that, uh, and our allies may decide that Russia needs to get out of Ukraine if they do move in. Uh, and the other is sometimes wars kick off rather accidentally. You know, we have a escalation, we have a chain of events that kind of gets out of control. And before you know it, you're kind of sucked into it. And so there's a couple of things going on. So this involves our economy. It involves our armed forces, who are our sons, daughters, and neighbors. Um, and it, it involves a lot of attention. It involves the kind of world order we want to live in, well, uh, whether we ha- live in a world where countries can simply invade their neighbors and there be no consequences, or we live in a world where there are consequences for such things. Sure. Ukraine being a democracy in Eastern Europe, something that uh, all the NATO allies and certainly the United States have a, an interest in preserving. I did not realize Ukraine is about the size and population of California, but they also export, I think, um, one-sixth of the world's corn. They, they, it also has a lot of energy implications. So our oil field workers here, if there's an invasion of Ukraine and an actual ground war, those are things that do affect our economy. It's going to obviously shoot the price of oil 
I think it's eighty, ninety dollars a barrel now, probably to one hundred and thirty, one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel, which is going to have economic implications, certainly in Louisiana and Texas. Exactly, and beyond that, uh, beyond that rather immediate cause of Ukraine itself, um, there is the matter of Russia supplying energy supplies to Europe, and what's going to happen to that should these hostilities break out? Yes, uh, and the Biden are we administration going to try to sanction Russian exports of energy, and if so, how do we allow Europe? How do we help Europe replace those energy supplies, particularly with February coming on? Um, and then that's a big question. We've already set up a deal with Saudi Arabia in one country. I forgot which one, but then we're we're looking at exporting more American uh, natural gas. Uh, we have several plans trying to get in the works, but um, Ukraine's not a big energy uh, producer, but its land is important for pipeline transit, and that's one of Russia's interests in this, for, for example. Uh, but you're right, it's also, it's always been called the breadbasket of that part of the world, it, wheat and corn and, and things like that. So it has its own level of significance, and the fact that it is a large country. This isn't Crimea we're talking about. This is, uh, again, a country that borders on NATO, what are now NATO members. And, of course, uh, Vladimir Putin has a point when he says that's part of the reason for all of this, is that since 1999 and going back to the very origins, 1993, when the idea came up, um, we've expanded NATO right to the borders of, of the old Soviet Union and, and into into Russia, I mean, into the border of Russia. So, of course, they're very concerned about that. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody knows a little bit of Russian geopolitical history knows they've always tried to keep a buffer zone. You know, they've been invaded, Napoleon and Hitler and all this. So, uh, you know, what, what we have is a standoff right now. Now, Putin is making demands uh, that don't really make a lot of sense uh, or that he really doesn't expect to come true. Uh, he, he expects the West to say, no, we will never invite Ukraine or Georgia into NATO. And even though we probably won't, we don't want to have to make that sort of agreement. That is appeasement to a rather extensive extent of, of Putin. Now, one point to consider is why does Putin want to make an agreement with us when he spends most of his time saying America does not live up to its agreements? Um, so this is just a delaying tactic, as far as I can tell. It really seems like he's ready to go in within the next two weeks when he has what he's calling military exercises with Belarus. But there's no need to have the level of military engagement in the region to have military exercises. He has moved significant amounts of material from the eastern military district. We're talking the Pacific Ocean, all right, the, the other side of Russia. Vladivostok and such. He has moved significant military equipment all the way across Russia by train. And you don't do that just for some military exercises or you know, just to prove a point. Well, let's assume, so, let's assume he does, let's assume he does in, invade Ukraine. They have a ground war. Uh, lots of civilians are, are killed. Um, obviously, the video, the, the, the national and international media would be... Um, Interesting, I guess is a light word to use, but how, how do you see that playing out for Putin politically within Russia and, and within the geopolitical world? Obviously, he and China are, are, are the two players on that side of the fence, but well, how, how does this well, all play in, Greg? I'd like your opinion. First of all, uh, domestically, you know, Putin is not in the best condition. Uh, he, uh, 
He's trying to maintain his economy. He's trying to maintain public support. And one way that authoritarians often do that is this kind of action, using military action to rally the people back home. But as people watch, as we say, body bags and money being spent and people dying, it's not going to necessarily be all that popular. The other part of this is Russia is also facing some very annoying problems in Kazakhstan and in Azerbaijan countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union, but Russia still has an interest. Uh, They are making a lot of trouble for Russia in a variety of ways. We don't need to get into the details, but it's a distraction. And it's another thing that could kind of weaken Putin's effort in, in that way. So I imagine the United States, and I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine we have some covert, covert actions going on to try to stir up trouble in those parts of the world so that it does distract Putin somewhat and makes him a little less popular and less able to control events. But the main thing is, what is he? what do we do if he moves into Ukraine with over 100,000 troops and tanks and everything else? I mean, he has electronic warfare, cyber warfare. He even, according to the United States, has shipped in a great deal of blood, you know, for casualties. So he's ready for something. And I don't think it's just to cut a deal. So he moves into Ukraine with massive force. Uh, two questions come up. Number one, do we move into Ukraine to fight against them or do we simply set up a buffer around Ukraine? Because Ukraine is not a member of NATO. Uh, part of that would be the United States supporting uh essentially guerrilla action, uh, insurgent action within Ukraine to harass the Russians while they're there. And of course, Putin ought to know this, and we learned it with our invasion of Iraq, which, by the way, Putin sees as somewhat of a precedent for what he's doing. Um, But what we learned, of course, is invading a weaker neighbor or a weaker country is one thing. Keeping it is another. You know, stabilizing it. You know, and I think that's going to be a problem. Well, he moves in. I think he's going to need more than 100,000 troops to govern, you know, to actually take over Ukraine. Because there will be insurgents. There will be fighting against him. Ukraine is not without resources, partly because we and the Brits and others have transported resources there. So um, can I predict, yes or no, will the United States military, along with our allies, move into the territory of Ukraine to fight against the Russians? My gut feeling is to say no, but honestly, I, uh, there's always a probability of that. There's always somewhat of a possibility. Greg Granger's our guest on Billy West Live. Uh, we're going to take a break and come right back with another segment of Billy West Live with uh, Greg Granger. Uh, I, I appreciate Greg joining us, and Greg, we'll be right back in just a few moments. 